Hey, and let's talk about real life. My name's Drew Stedding. I am an aspiring life coach, an entrepreneur, and a creative genius. At least I like to think I am. There's a lot of other things to me. Maybe I'll tell you about that a little bit later. But uh, I'm sitting here next to one of my favorite people in the world. Uh, why don't you introduce yourself, friend? Well, for those of you who don't know me, I'm Keith Ashby. I am a resident badass here of Greater Houston. Grew up here most of my life. And uh, I'm an aspiring public service entrepreneur and... Shoot, name something else. I'm into it. <laughs> <laughs> For real though. We're we're both generalists of life. We wanna, you know, be Drew and Keith's of all trades, right? Well, I think that's fair, but the other side of that is uh I just want everything to be as close to mm, how would I put this? As close to perfection as possible while also not being O C D. I mean, hey, that works. That works. Yeah, but, you know, here we are. We're here. We're talking about real stuff. We're yeah. real people. Mm-hmm. You know, we, we're not trying to be perfect every time, but, you know, there's nothing wrong with aspiring it to be, you know? But you know what's kind of, uh, I think, an important thing to talk about is how we met. Because Yeah, let's is, tell them. Let's tell them what happened. Hell yeah. I mean, because life is kind of about intersections when you think about it. And it's magical. Yeah. Like, I feel like a lot of times in life, you just be going through the motions, and you, you don't really, like, stop to appreciate those magical moments. So, yeah. So, tell them. Yeah, yeah. So, you know, it's kind of funny. Uh, a long time ago, and I'm going to go way back here, but I'm going to try to convince back. this... Way, way back, a long time before the coronavirus plague went out. <laughs> For real, though. Me, me and one of my best friends, uh, Aureli, were actually looking at a friend of mine who I was looking back at the timeline the other day. I've known for like 15 years, which is terrifying because that tells how old I am. But anyway, we are I not digress. that old, my friend. So he has this house out uh, near Galveston. And so we were going to go look at it to see what needed to be done to it to get it ready to sell. So we end up hanging out there and go down the road and we're like, you know, I just want to go have a beverage by the water. So we roll up in this place, we have a drink, and they have karaoke going on outside near the water. So, you know me, I never miss an opportunity to sing. See, when you said karaoke, I was like, remember when we used to go out and do things? Remember when? (laughs) (laughs) Anyway, let me not sidetrack us. Um, So anyway, we end up going to this food truck, and the guy in the window is just gorgeous. And I remember like falling over myself, (laughs) and Aurelia's like, he's mine, bitch! So she goes up there and starts talking to him. He ends up coming out and sitting down and talking about this. Well, she was like swooning over here and like hitting on him. He's like, well, I'm gay. And I'm like, my team, bitch. <laughs> so anyway, uh, short of the story is fast forward like a year and a half. And there's a food truck festival at this bar we were going to this night. And we were going to see our friend. So we show up there. The place is freaking mobbed. Everybody's there. We got our food and we could not find a table. Well, Aureli, being the social little butterfly that she is, was like, well, I'm going to find a table. And she struck up a conversation with Drew and Ryan. And we sat down. And, uh, you know, arguably, I was immediately struck by your partner. I was like, ooh, hi. <laughs> and then I realized y'all were an item. And I was like, damn, I'm going to find some friendship here, maybe. <laughs> and uh, we started talking. And I, I'll be honest with you, you know, I just, after we sat and spent some time with you guys, I wanted to get you to know you more, and you guys were new to town. Y'all just moved in from Michigan, and uh, have you thawed out yet? <laughs> no, I'm freezing still. Actually, I'm wearing a hoodie right now. <laughs> Keith likes his place a little bit on the chilly side, but, oh gosh, you know. It's 70. Calm down. I mean, 70 is still pretty nice for February, though, I gotta say. Yeah. But yeah, no, that was a, it was a wild night because, to be honest, I think Ryan and I were in a place that day where it was just... We both weren't feeling like 
it was home yet. Like we wanted it to be. Yeah. And we really wanted to get out and enjoy it. And Ryan's a little bit more introverted than I am. And so I was always on Facebook or some sort of social media trying to figure out like, where are things happening around town? You know, just really trying to get out and explore. And then yeah. we found this food truck rally. And I swear, when I saw the three of y'all, like, the energy was there right away. I was like, these are some very genuine people. And, like, I was struck by Southern hospitality in general. Because in Michigan, people are a little bit more to themselves. That's, like, the more diplomatic way to put it. Right. But, like, there's just that sense of warmth. And I'm like, these are some really authentically cool people. And, like... We hung out, like, for hours that day, right? Like, I think Aurelia and George went off to a game, but, like, you stayed and hung around, hung out and had some drinks with us, I think, for I a did. couple hours. Was George with us? Yeah, George was there, too. Yeah, He must have intercepted because he was not there from the get-go. Yeah, he was, all three of y'all, because I remember that it was a table for five, and there was literally three seats there. I got to stop drinking because I forgot all about that. <laughs> <laughs> oh, shoot. Yeah, so uh, that's a little bit about, you know how our how our lives kind of intersected but you know i kind of want to talk a little bit more about like you know our values and what we stand for you know and i feel like you know i really want our audience to really be able to connect with us because we really want them to you know join us every week or however often we end up publishing because you know we we, we want to have this to be like a really nice interplay so one thing that i i, I think that we both share is just that desire and ability to connect with people authentically just like we did that night you know I, yeah. I feel like we were talking about life stuff like yeah that first day and for me it's like one thing that i've really valued about you keith is that you just have that genuine care for others and i know that as we talked about this podcast like we really wanted to share a little bit about ourselves but also like really show that we care about other people because you know, for me, being an aspiring entrepreneur in terms of doing like life and life transformation coaching with people, it's like I really want to connect with people authentically. And I know that like you, it's really important for you to, well, hey, you're connecting with people right now. People are always on that phone of yours saying, hey, Keith, what's up? But I know that, you know, we're both building these empires, right? And they might be a little bit different, but, you know, here we are, we're doing our thing. So I don't tell our new friends on the podcast, like what you're all about. Well, I'll tell you what, you know, life has been a lot of uh, an adventure for me in various realms. Like, you know, my little short existence on this earth, I would argue that I've probably lived a lot more life than people who live a really long life, um, which I know sounds a little bit conceited, but, you know, um, I've been very fortunate. We can talk about that in the future. But, um, you know, one of the things that kind of irritates me, and I don't know if irritates is the right word, but maybe bothers me today is that we live in this world where we are surrounded by all of this technology that at some point we have kind of lost grip of who we are as creatures as humans it's like all this stuff is there to connect us but we don't authentically connect anymore but that's the thing is it's not really about connecting us it's about connecting advertisers to us well i think that's what it's become yeah for sure and and the real thing for me is some days I feel like we have forgotten how to be human, but also I look at where we are today and how we got here, and it's all of these things that have become societal norms or things that society tells us we need to be or how to act. And some days we're so worried about the outside. Why when I say we, I'm just going to speak for myself right here. I feel like I'm speaking for others, but I'm so concerned about how the outside world perceives me. Mm-hmm that I don't give myself a chance to go, this is how I want to be, or this is how I see myself. And, you know, that's a double-edged sword because part of that is me making sure that I am 
open and accommodating to people in mm -hmm. life. But the other part of that is making sure that I'm being what others want me to be. And that's not healthy. No, a lot of times this whole like living this life is we, we put on these expectations of these different roles. And then before you know it, you are performing rather than living. Right. And, you know, at the end of the day, if you were to ask me, like, what is it I value and what is like my want and my my hopefully I don't want to say hopefully because hope is a prison, but that's another day's thing. Yeah. The, the truth for me is when I look at the world and my intention in it, what do I intend to do? I intend to value life and I intend to celebrate life mm -hmm. in whatever capacity that is, because you know what? This is precious. Every moment is precious. Yeah. Even just like the ability to just like sit here on a couch and talk about feelings, which let's face it, like as men, like a lot of times we are not expected to talk about feelings. Yeah. We get pushed in a corner and you know, we have acceptable emotions and reactions. We're allowed to be happy. We're allowed to be angry. We're not really allowed to be sad. We're not allowed to be afraid. We're not allowed to cry. Um, and, you know, the thing is, as humans, as uh, uh, creatures, these are all things that we're going to experience. Man, woman, child, whomever. Yeah, however you identify. And, and pressing something back into a closet does not, does not deal with the situation. Take it from me as someone who has a real closet that I have been trying to clean and just oh, putting honey. it in there did not make the problem go away. You got to color code that shit. I know. I know. <laughs> well, shit, if it was only clothes, you know. But, For real. But I digress because ultimately the point is we need to be able to be there for people. We need to be able to lean on each other and support each other. And my, my want in life is to create a space that accepts people where they are today. Right. And we were just talking about that. Like we were talking about some interpersonal situations that were kind of stressing us out. And like, I had to stop and be like, you know, how can we stop and or take that pause and see people for just who they are yeah. and appreciate the fact that, you know, we're all doing the best that we can with the resources that we have. Yeah. Right. And I think that's another main reason why we're sitting here doing this today. It's being able to have real conversations about where we're, where we are. And I know that there's a lot of ideas that we had about topics that we want to talk about, because let's be real life in this past year, year and a half has been really, really challenging for a lot of people. And I don't think we talk enough about those struggles. I think society has kind of gotten to that place where, you know, certain aspects of mental health is a little bit sexy, right? Like we can talk about like, oh yeah, depression exists and anxiety exists, but do people really know what that stuff looks like? Yeah, a lot of people know what it looks like, but I, I still think that like people have these preconceived notions about what acceptable levels of mental health issues are. When in reality, you know, when faced with those symptoms, they wouldn't know what the hell to do. Yeah. Well, and you know, that's one of those things like when we look at where it is, I mean, this from everything from like the 50s to like the kids were supposed to come home. They were supposed to be seen, not heard. You're supposed to be happy. Dad's had a rough day at work. You're going to smile. You're not going to piss anybody off right now. And you're going to get over it and move on. But the thing is, we as people have real needs to move, to process the things we're feeling, to process loss, to process freaking 
happiness some days. Like sometimes mm-hmm. we don't even know how to just be present. There's there's a whole slew of things, and I kind of kind of lost track there. Forgive me, um, but you know, it's really easy to get caught up in one's own needs, one's own existence, and not look at life with a little grace for mm-hmm. others. Exactly. Exactly. And I think that's, again, one really cool commonality that we share. Mm-hmm. It's wanting to really authentically show up for people. And yeah. and I, what I've always appreciated about you is you've always created that space for people to just be who they are when they're around you. And you've been unapologetic about where you are in life. Um, one thing that I would like to share with our audience is like, both of us about a year ago, maybe a little bit more, we were both at the top of our game in terms of like, we both had major jobs. I worked for one of the top institutions of higher education in the country. You were damn near running ice rinks all over the country. I going mean, I to was. You were. I was Excuse director me, he of was. the largest ice rink. I was a director of project development in mm. the largest ice rink company in the Western Hemisphere. Yeah, and here yeah. we are today kind of in that space of, I wouldn't call it restarting, but we're both refocusing. And like, I think in a lot of ways, at least for me, I have had a lot of those like weird ego moments where I'm like, was that the right move? Who am I now? And what worth do I have now? Because I don't have the best, or I don't have, I don't structure my life in the same ways based on a Google calendar and how many text messages and how many fires I have to put out. At, the, at this moment where I've kind of stripped all of those things away, I've really had a chance to kind of look at, like, who am I really? And I've had to come to terms with the fact that, you know what, just by me being me is enough. And I think that's one of the messages that I really want to well, share with people is that just by being human, you are enough. And to that end, and, that, you know, I know this is kind of an intro episode. You know, this is the reason we're going to call this episode zero is because it's mm-hmm. kind of an amalgamation of everything that we're going to jump into. And what I would say to that is, you know, it was quite the adventure I lived in my life. You know, I started doing what I was doing when I was 15. Mm-hmm. Well, granted, I wasn't the director of 15. Yes, you but, were. <laughs> but damn you walked in there and you were bossing everybody around. Everybody. Uh, and... You know, I it really kind of developed in as my personality. And at some point, I was in a relationship with work the same way people are in a relationship with the person they're married to mm-hmm. or the person they date. And it became part of me. And then all of a sudden, one day, I jumped out the window of the top of this building metaphorically. Mm-hmm. And it was a long way to the ground. I mean, some days I still haven't found the ground. I'm oh, still honey, falling I some get days. It. But the thing is, somewhere along the way, you have to really ask yourself who you are because I became the identity of my job. Right. You know, right. hi. Much as I did too, yeah. I'm, I'm the director of project development of the world's largest ice rink company. Oh, well, not the world's. It doesn't matter. The, the, the largest ice rink company here. And and was like, wow, I never knew that existed. Like, oh my gosh, tell me everything there is to know. And it's... It is this talking point, but at some point you start to identify with that. And then I fell out the other side and I'm like, but who am but I? But who am I? Right. And it it is uh it's 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 one of these things where establishing yourself on this side of life all of a sudden when it's not just work all day long is a hard thing. And you know, one more thought to that. 
I had an awful work-life balance. You know, earlier today, we were sitting on the patio and we were talking about this. And I was talking to him about how a normal day went for me. And I would get up having a panic attack at four o'clock in the morning. And I would be in the office by five. And, you know, I wouldn't get out of the office other than lunch. And then maybe a quick dinner I picked up at a drive-thru about nine o'clock. And then I would be delivering things. And then I would get home. And next thing I know, I'm working and it's midnight, almost 2 a.m. Some days. Answering emails from the bed. Like, yeah. And then I wake up again, having a panic attack at four o'clock in the morning. I do it again mm-hmm. and do this for day and day. And I remember day I day looked day. at you and I was like, really? Like, yeah. yeah. And it's a real thing. And, you know, I was in a meeting one time we were interviewing uh, new staff and I was just telling them the realities of the workspace we were in because I never wanted to sugarcoat what we were doing to try to con someone mm-hmm. into working for us. I wanted people to know when you walk through this door, the expectation is that you're always on call. Mm-hmm. You're always ready to go. This oh. job does not start at nine and go to five. This motherfucker starts six some days you might get a call two o'clock in the morning you might be on duty and you may not get off until Mm -hmm. 10 o'clock 12 o'clock at night there were days i worked 24 hours a day Mm -hmm. you know and and you got to think about all of the companies that are like maybe directly or indirectly promoting this kind of behavior too i think that's that's something that really does perpetuate itself in our society but the reality is a lot of us have an unhealthy relationship with work we don't have a healthy work-life balance. We are in an abusive relationship with our jobs, with our everything. Mm-hmm. And the reality of this is, you know, you come out on the other side and thank God, like I was fortunate enough to be able to jump out and go into jokingly, not truthfully, retirement. And I didn't have to work for a year through this. It was this. a sabbatical, right? Yeah. <laughs> Which is what I wanted. Yeah. And thank yeah. God I could do it. Right. But beyond that, I have no work-life balance right now. Mm-hmm. You know? Right. It's like you go from work to life and then it's like, where do I find that nice sweet spot? Right. And tiptoeing back into this is going to be a new thing for me. Mm -hmm. Oh, for me as well. I mean, you know, my position was I was a director of a residence hall. We had about somewhere around 550 students and, you know, the phone wouldn't just magically stop ringing at five. I mean, students were constantly in crisis. And even though we had an on-duty rotation, it's like if it was my community... They'd always be indirectly kind of leaning on you to kind of work through that. And I mean, that was the expectation that I knew I was walking into. And I was proud to do that work. It was really transformative work for me. It really Mm -hmm. helped me uh, learn a lot about emotional filtering because I am an empath. Like, it's really important for me to feel others' emotions. But then sometimes it's like at the end of the day, you're like, I've talked to a lot of different people who are undergoing all kinds of different crisis situations. And like, you know, the one thing about college students is like, that time period in your life, you know, going from like, you know, 18 to 24, if you are a traditional age, recognizing that college students are of all ages, but it's a lot of transformational years and a lot of things can go down and a lot of different crises can happen. And so, you know, I was all in, but I was truly all in. Mm-hmm. And then once you kind of turn all of that away, you're stuck with the remnants of those voices in your head. Not not like fr- in terms of like real voices, but those thoughts in your head of like, okay, well, who am I now? And how can I take these values of caring for other people and turn that into the next big thing so that I can live to help people and serve people? But how can I also do that while also 
taking care of me because I think it's really important for us to really talk about self care. Mm -hmm. I really appreciate that there are a lot of mental health uh, movements on social media and the fact that more people are talking about how they go to therapy or they see a coach or they at the very least, you know, do something to talk about their mental health. But I really want us to do more and I can't wait to get the opportunity for us to both talk about some of the stuff that we've been through. I mean, I know in our next episode, we're going to talk a lot about kind of where we are in life and what that really means for where we take our entrepreneurship or where, where we take our uh, careers next, quite frankly. And can I just throw in, because, you know, circling back to like my life mission statement, which I, I honestly think that this may be an important thing for other humans. Mm-hmm. Um, my hope, my want, uh, you know, I'm still trying to get all that dang prison of hope, and we'll jump into that one other day. But my want in life is to remove this stigma, is to understand where we have gone awry as a society. Like, if we can bring this light to even five people's lives, mm-hmm. we will have accomplished my goal. Oh, exactly. It's not about hundreds of thousands, as long as we can reach somebody. And if it's a 100,000? I I will be ecstatic. And the point is, I want us to help create a space that is opening and open and welcoming Mm -hmm. (laughs) to these other people in life and go, look, you know, everybody suffers on their own plane. Everybody struggles. And you know what? It doesn't matter if you're a millionaire or it doesn't matter if you're a homeless person. Everybody has struggles and the there's no discounting your existence. You only ever experience life through your perspective fully. But one of my hopes that we drive through this is taking a moment to be mindful of the perspectives of others. Oh, exactly. Because if you think about, like, we would be remiss to not acknowledge the fact that the history of this country is based on oppression, racism, and thinking about the role of identity. I mean, we both as white men do carry privilege in the society. And I think for me, I need to acknowledge that before people, or I need to acknowledge that on this podcast right from the get-go, because yes, everybody suffers. And I want to open the door to everybody, regardless of what your identities are. And I also want to really talk about those really tough topics that for some might seem controversial, but for me, I think it's just real. It's the fact that racism, homophobia, you know, shaming for socioeconomic status. I mean, all of that stuff is embedded in the systems that continue America. If you think about capitalism and how that perpetuates itself in everyday life i mean it's and you know you're right the reality is um there's a situation that happened in this nation just a couple weeks ago Mm -hmm. that i would like people to sit back and ask themselves this question if the people who i'm gonna say rushed the capital who defamed our democracy nation yeah democracy, if those people were black, what would the ramifications have been? What would the loss of life have been? And 
they would have, the repercussions of these people been? They wouldn't have had $5,000 bonds. Most of them would have lost their lives. Yeah, right? there wouldn't have only been four or five people die. Right. It would have been a whole different scenario. Yeah. And you know what, my friend? That is why I'm glad to have this podcast with you, because we're not afraid to talk about these things. Mm-hmm. We're not afraid about any backlash like that, because here we are. We're talking about real things. We're opening our doors. We're going to have a lot of diverse guests on this show, hopefully. We want to engage with our audience who all has their own story. Every single person who listens to this has their own story and their perspectives. And guess what? Everybody's perspective does matter. Yeah. Because there's there's so much that goes into just getting up every day and in the morning, whether you wake up at 4 a.m. to night terrors or if you're a kept man like me that's trying to make it as an entrepreneur. I mean, (laughs) here's where we are. Yeah. So let's talk a little bit about what our next episode is going to be, because we're going to tell you a little bit more about where in life we are. Well, you know, we are where we are, you know. Uh, <laughs> it's so philosophical. As much geez. as I don't want to be lost, you know, uh, I always come joke, here, I'm never lost because I'm exactly where I am. <laughs> um, but, uh, you know, coming up this next episode, I really want to talk about a couple things. Number one, where we are is people in our lives, where we're looking to go, what, what, track or road are we on beyond that you know coronavirus has been a lot going on it's still going on it's still a looming thing in every it's moment really? of life i thought i could just go to the club i mean some days i feel like i'm living on a tv show with guys on bicycles wearing masks going down the road you know what i mean um, true story we saw that today today it maybe multiple times yeah. and um you know there's some other things going on uh like abandonment Um, Oh, that's a big one just to drop. But, you know, I think it really needs to be talked about. Yeah. Thinking about, like, the way that, like, different systems and expectations on people have caused others to be abandoned, especially as we bring in the identity conversation. But also when we talk about our own own circumstances, you know, one thing that I want to talk about next episode is to be really open and transparent about what grief looks like and how abandonment has really kind of perpetuated a lot of my grief. So... One thing that I can tell you all is that all of these things can be very intertwined in some really weird, tragic ways. But I also want to talk about, you know, different things that we can do to really address those things. Yeah. So we're going to jump in on these podcasts to the complicated web that is life. Let's talk about real life.